I didn't know? Was I paralyzed? Like what was going on? And, um, the first thing I learned was we're so sorry. We're going to have to amputate your leg. It's basically a war wound. You've got a 1% chance of saving it. This episode of Empowering Her is sponsored by the Girl Life Certification Program. If you're interested in starting a heart-centered career in the field of empowering girls, check out our academy. We give you the training, the resources, and the confidence to step into your new role as a girls' empowerment leader in your community. By stepping into their role, many of our facilitators have gone on to speak on stages, write books, and spread their message of girls' empowerment in so many other unique ways. Do good while doing well. There's nothing like earning money for something that fuels your passion and adds value to the planet. For more information, check out melodypormorati.com slash academy or check out our show notes. Welcome back to Empowering Her, everyone. So happy you're here. And I'm so grateful to bring you the most amazing guest to the podcast today. She is a beautiful soul, a friend of mine. Her name is Amberly Lago, and we just had the most soul-filled conversation. You know, the ones that you walk away from feeling completely lit up. Um, she had me crying. She had uh, me feeling. We talked so much about resilience and how that's one of our greatest superpowers. And everything that Amberly shares is so very aligned with the Girl Life mission. And I'm so excited for you to meet her and know her and love her the way that I do. I'm going to share a little bit about Amberly. She is a peak performance coach. She's a TEDx speaker, a podcaster, and a leading expert in the field of resilience and transformation. She is the best-selling author of True Grit and Grace and the founder of Unstoppable Life Mastermind. Through her book, Coaching Methods and Masterminds, she has curated unique tools to teach others how to tap into their superpower of resilience and elevate their lives and businesses. Amberly creates a resilient company culture, empowers employees to collaborate and connect, shows them how to see things with fresh eyes, and shares how you can bounce forward and work smarter, not just harder. She so shows you how to create an advantage out of adversity and thrive, not just survive. She builds grit, inspires hope, fuels passion, and uncovers your superpower of resilience. Amberly has most recently been featured on NBC's The Today Show, The Doctors, Hallmark, and featured in magazines such as Shape, Fit Pregnancy, Yahoo, Health Magazine, Keynote Speaker Magazine, and Disability Magazine. I hope that you enjoy this show. By all means, if you loved it the way I know that you will, take a screenshot of this episode, tag Amberly, tag me, and um, let's, let's show her how much we appreciate all of the incredible wisdom that she is sharing with us. Without further ado, meet Amberly Lago. Welcome everybody to the Empowering Her podcast. Oh my goodness, I have such a treat for all of you today. My beautiful friend Amberly Lago is joining us on the podcast. Welcome, beautiful soul. Hey, oh, I'm so happy to see you. You are a breath of fresh air. 
I adore you. I love your show and I love your work. And so what an honor for me to get to be here with you and your listeners. And so just thank you from the bottom of my heart for this opportunity. Oh my goodness. It is my honor. And the way you and I met Amberly is so amazing. It's like such a testament to this online world where you get to meet some real like soul sisters. And I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the first time you and I chatted, we were having, like, I always run Girl Life Discovery calls just to get to know the women who come through our community. And I feel like you and I got on a really heart-centered phone call where we just shared ourselves and that started our friendship. And I want to say it was like maybe five or six years ago. Does that sound right? Yeah, we got on a call and it was actually four years ago. And the reason I remember is because I was in the middle of like my book tour and traveling for that. And it wasn't long after that, that you came out with your book. Right. And I was like, well, heck yeah, I'm going to your book signing at the Grove. I think it was at the Grove. It was, was at it the, the Grove. Yes. I, yeah. And I, I got to meet you for the first time. I took my daughter with me. I think and your dog. Was... Your oh my gosh. You <laughs> remember that? Purse. I do. <laughs> I do. I just remember I was sitting there signing books and you had said you're coming, but it's Los Angeles and the traffic and life and children and work. And I was like, when, you, when I saw your beautiful face over there, like I, and I remember the dog and I remember your daughter, I was just so touched that that you, that you came and it was just so nice to hug you and see you in real life, or as my kids would say, IRL. And you know, it was, it was lovely. So I feel like that's where, that's where it goes. This is where female friendships can go when we give them the opportunity, when we take the time to get to know people in different parts of the world. And, you know, sometimes it's a DM in our Instagram mailbox or or someone's emailing us. And it's like, when you take the time to respond, you just do not know what, what can blossom. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's so important to support your, your friends. I mean, especially my female entrepreneur friends, my female author friends, like I want to show up at their event. I want to, you know, I want to show up at their book signing if they're doing a webinar, I think that, you know, sometimes what I have learned is I did this one, um, it was a, a, a athleta had asked me to come and do an event and I had so many friends that I was like, Oh, I thought you were going to come. And they're like, Oh, I knew you were already going to have so many people there. And I'm like, but no, I wanted to see you. You're my ride or die. I, I wanted you there, you know? And so I know how important it is and how I am so touched when somebody shows up, it makes, it just means the world. And so whenever I can, I show up for my friends and I, of course, I wanted to meet you and I wanted to support you and I wanted to build on our relationship. And I was just saying before we started to hit record, like with you, even though we don't get to talk every day or all as much as I would like, life gets busy. When I do get to see you, it's like we pick up right where we left off. Right, right. And I appreciate that so much. And you are really, truly such a testament to women supporting women, which is really so much of what this community is about. And you really left an imprint on my heart forever and ever by showing up in that way. And so Mm -hmm. I guess that's a message to all of us who are listening, right? Like we can do that for someone else. 
in simple ways, in grand gestures, in so many ways. And you did that. So thank you. Mm. And, you know, I, I want our audience to learn more about you. You have such a unique story. Um, I have your book in front of oh. me. Meanwhile, this is not the book that you sent me because I have a little like ritual that I do when someone comes over to my house, they're not allowed to leave my house without a book. So I have a huge library and I'm always buying books, right? I'm always receiving books. That is so I cool. always, yeah. And when a friend leaves my house, they need to leave with a book. I so love I that. Many times and I keep buying it again so that I have it for myself, but also for the next friend who might need to read this. So this is like, this is your whole mission right over here. True grit and grace, turning tragedy into triumph. And I feel like everyone needs to hear your story, whatever version of it you feel like sharing. Uh, well, thank you so much. Hey, when you held that book up, I'm like, that's the second edition. That's not like, <laughs> so <laughs> I am so, I said her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, for, well, uh, I remember I had written my book and I could not think of a title. And my editor was like, you know what? You will hear it. Just think about it. You'll hear it. You might be listening to the radio. You might be walking down the street. You might, you know, you, but you'll hear it. When you hear it, you're going to know that that's the title. And so one day my daughter's a horseback rider and I had gone to the barn and one of the barn moms, her name's Amelia. She looked at me. I had just posted on Instagram a picture of my x-ray and I got the best news. I had a non-union. So basically about two inches where the bone, my, my leg was completely shattered. And there was one area that there was about two inches of a non-union. And so I was walking on a metal rod for a couple of years and, um, we were waiting for that bone to close. And if it didn't close, they were going to take bone from my hip and put it on my leg. And so I was determined not to have to have another surgery. And so I was wearing this bone stimulator on my leg every day and, you know, trying to walk, trying to do weight bearing exercises to stimulate that bone to grow together. And I had just gotten the news that it finally grew back together. I didn't have to have this other surgery. And, um, I went to the barn and my friend Amelia was like, wow, I had no idea that that was what was going on with you. Like you are true grit and grace girl. And I was like, oh my gosh, can I use that for the title of my book? She goes, <laughs> you're welcome. And so that's how I got the title of my book, true grit and grace. And so your listeners are like, well, what, what happened to your leg? Um, you know, I had this incredible fitness career. I had been in the fitness industry for 26 years. I had trainers that worked with me. I was doing infomercials, um, featured in shape magazine sponsored by Nike and living. I was kind of thinking, wow, um, I'm living the California dream. Like I'm life is good after many struggles of being, you know, a single mom for years of really working my butt off to build this business, you know, remarried, had another baby. And I thought life is good. And man, things can change. As we all know, things don't always go as planned as uh, I think 2020 kind of taught us. Mm -hmm. And I was coming home from work on my motorcycle, cruising down Ventura Boulevard when an SUV pulled out of a parking lot, T-boned me. I was thrown 30 feet. Um, 
And I was sliding across the asphalt just thinking, oh, you know, please, God, don't let another car hit me. I couldn't tell what I was sliding into or where I was going. It happened so fast. When I came to a stop, I looked down at my leg and it was just completely crumbled into pieces. My foot was dangling off. There was blood everywhere. I didn't know at the time that my femoral artery was actually severed. And so I was afraid to let go of my leg. I really thought that if I let go of my leg, that it might fall off. And I started screaming for help. Luckily, paramedics were right down the street. They heard the accident. They started running towards me before 911 was even called. Um, I had this guardian angel, this guy who basically saved my life because he made a tourniquet around my leg. And uh, because when your femoral artery is severed, you can bleed out pretty quick. And so I was rushed to the hospital and it was chaotic. And um, the room was filled with cops because my husband is he's retired now, but was a lieutenant commander. And so news travels fast in the brotherhood and sisterhood of the police force and so I heard this crying. It was my husband. I'd never seen him cry. Um, he's this big, tough guy. And he was crying hysterically running back and forth. And I'm taped to the gurney. And so I'm kind of like stuck like this. And I'm looking around and I just scream across the room. Honey, get over here. I said, I need you to be strong for me. Because at that moment, I thought, wow, I think I might be dying. And I wanted to know as a mom, like he is going to be able to get it together to take care of our kids. And that is the last thing I remember before they put me in induced coma. And, um, I woke up out of a coma kicking and screaming. I mean, not kicking. I couldn't move my leg. It was held together by, but my arms flailing and I couldn't understand why I couldn't move my leg. And I didn't know, was I paralyzed? Like what was going on? And um, the first thing I learned was, we're so sorry. We're going to have to amputate your leg. It's basically a war wound. You've got a 1% chance of saving it. And when I heard that, Melody, I heard 1%. I thought, oh, well, then there's still a chance. And I was like, you know, we have got to find a doctor who's willing to take that chance with me. And I found out later that they were just going to amputate it when I was on, you know, when I was in a coma and my husband was like, no, you are not going to amputate her leg. I want her to be the one to make that decision. So when she wakes up out of a coma, that decision is up to her. And so now to this day, my husband will be like, you know, if it weren't for me, you'd only have one leg. It's because of me that you've got two legs, you know? (laughs) So we found a doctor by the grace of God, um, a team of doctors. I got transferred to Cedars where they did surgery after surgery after surgery, 34 in, in, in total, 34 surgeries to save my leg from amputation. And it's been just this healing journey and being diagnosed with a nerve disease called complex regional pain syndrome as a result of the injury that has really been my biggest teacher, the pain from that, that there's no known cure. Um, This disease is ranked highest on the pain scale And, you know, when originally I went in thinking I was going to get better news, like it's going to get easier, it's painful now, but you'll get back on your feet and back to training clients is what I was expecting to hear. Instead, I heard 
you're going to be permanently disabled. You'll never walk again. You're going to, you know, never work again. You need to go get back in your wheelchair. And I said, well, what do you mean? How long do you want me to stay in my wheelchair? He said forever. And I was crushed. And I went to another doctor who said, yep, you've got CRPS. I went to another doctor thinking I was going to hear those doctors were wrong. You don't have this nerve disease. You'll be fine. The third time the doctor told me you need to take radical action is when I started to do all kinds of crazy treatments. I had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house and um, it took me really being in denial. Um, and, you know, I was on 73 homeopathic pills and 11 different prescription medications, trying all these treatments and nothing was working. And I survived this near-death accident and all these surgeries to only end up slowly killing myself with alcohol every day. And I was never a party or never a drinker. I was success-minded, you know, always, you know, working on my career. And there was so much shame around that. And I would drink to try to numb out the pain and it worked until it didn't. I was trying to numb out these feelings of shame, of I hated myself. And the more I drank, the more I hated myself. And I got to a point where I was like, I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And in that moment where I, and I kind of, I was in this, you know, self-pity in this mindset of this, you know, victim. And in this moment, I think there's a gift of desperation because I thought, there, there's, how did a good girl like me end up like this? And I got on my knees and I prayed and I just asked for help. And I thought about my daughters and I thought, I want to be an example of resilience for them. I want to be the victor of my life and not the victim. And in that moment, my daughters, that's what I thought about. And, um, it took every ounce of courage to ask for help. And I knew I, I went to a client of mine who I knew was sober and I said, I need help. And, um, she's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you to, to be around some people, take you to a recovery meeting. And I didn't hear back for another week. And I thought, I'm going to die. If I don't get help now, I'm going to die. So I started Googling 12 step like recovery meetings. And I found a meeting that I could go to where my daughter was in school and my husband was at work. Cause I was like sneaking my drinking, which was hard to do when you're married to a cop. It took some skill. <laughs> I mean, a skill I'm not proud of, but you know, I went from sneaking my drinking to all of a sudden I'm sneaking, going to recovery. And I went to my first meeting and I sat in between a nun and a cowgirl. And I thought, where the hell am I? <laughs> and I thought, but if a nun can be a drunk, then I guess I'm in the right place. And in that meeting, I heard hope in that meeting. I heard stories of hopelessness to hope. And I saw successful women who got better. So I kept going back and that was in 2016 and it took, it hadn't been easy. It has been hard hard to sit and feel your feelings. And I realized for so long, I ran from my feelings with, you know, being a workaholic, 
running. I literally running was my drug of choice. And when I couldn't run anymore and I was stuck in a hospital bed, I didn't have the right tools to feel those feelings. And so now through a lot of grit and by the grace of God, I've been able to climb out of that darkness one day at a time, one step at a time. And I have discovered that we all have this superpower of resilience within us. It's just having the willingness to tap into it and every day to get back up again. And um, I think any transformation really starts with radical acceptance. And that's what I had to do to start to feel better mentally, spiritually, physically. And so um, anything I can share with your listeners Probably the most important thing I could say is you're not alone. Don't do it alone. Ask for help. I had the, I, my world got really small and um, I didn't feel like anybody would understand my pain. But the truth is we all go through challenges. It doesn't matter uh, where we are in our careers or, or what we might be going through. Um there's somebody out there that's going through something similar, if not identical. And I learned that when I could share my struggles with somebody who had been through something similar and they had gotten through the other side, that's how I started to um, have that hope again and build and start to, to light that. I think we all have that light within us and we have to find ways to get that light burning bright again. Ooh. Amberly, I'm like on, I'm, I'm on this mission with you. I'm watching you. I'm hearing you. There's, there's so much I'm hearing. I don't even know what, what to address first. I mean, the first thing I, I want to say is when, when that doctor, am I, was I hearing you correctly when you said, he said there was a 1% chance and you decided you were like, well, then there's hope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And sometimes that's all we need. It's so important to really place, I mean, pay really close attention to what we're focusing on. Cause if I would have focused on, well, there's 99% chance they're going to amputate my leg, then I probably would have had my leg amputated. But all I focused on was, well, they said there's a 1% chance. So that means there is a chance. And then we searched high and low for a doctor and it took a, a lot of pulling some strings, a lot of favors to get me transferred to another hospital and to find this doctor who saved my leg. Right. right. And, and you put that energy in the 1%, right? Like it's all about where we choose to place our focus. If you put your energy on the 99% chance that it wasn't going to heal and that you would amputate your, your leg and that the journey would have been completely different, but you took that 1%. And so I commend you for that. Like, and I, I feel like we all need to hear this for all of us who feel like we are hopeless in whatever it may be, right? A relationship or the business that we're starting, whatever it is that is on our hearts or in our lives, it's like noticing where we're placing that focus. And so that, that was like the first nugget, that nugget that you dropped for us that I was like, wow, woman, that is something incredible. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I also, what I was hearing you talk about is that like you hit rock bottom after the accident and then the drinking began. 
you really like when we say you really can't deprive someone of their bottom, that's really what it was for you. Like if you had not hit that bottom, you would not have gone out there and and gotten the help that you needed and the support and the community. So to, to also have people hear that the miracle is is really so much closer than we think mm-hmm. when we're in full struggle mode, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you were like, okay, something's got to change here. Like, this is not how my story ends. Yes. And, and you said miracle. And I'm like, yes, don't give up before the miracle. It's so close. Don't give up before the miracle. Um, but, but yeah, you know, um, and we all have our, journey. And I like to say, I guess my rock bottom is actually my rock foundation. Cause that's where I started to build from. And, and you know what, I've had a lot of people go, well, if you could, would you take it all back? Would you do things different? Do you wish you would have had your leg amputated? And, you know, when I th- one of the reasons I hit my rock bottom, I think is because, um, I was, you know, I was in so much pain and I'd actually gone to the doctor about a year after my accident. I said, you know what? I've got the solution. This is just giving me too much pain. It's slowing me down. I need you to just amputate it. And he's like, oh, we can't do that. He goes, you have CRPS and it could make it worse. It could make it spread. There's no guarantee that your the CRPS would go away if we amputate it. And then he did something that changed everything for me, changed my life. Um, I sat in front of him and he took my leg. And usually when you're at the doctors, they'll say, lay on the table or put your leg on the table. He sat in front of me and he put my leg in his lap. And I get emotional just thinking about this because I thought, oh my goodness, this doctor is putting my ugly deformed leg on his nice white coat. And um, he looked at it like it was like a masterpiece, like look at what he saved. Look at this miracle of a leg like that had a 1% chance that he saved and I was able to walk on it. It's a miracle. And something shifted in me. And I just thought, wow, if he can look at my leg that way, maybe I can learn to look at it that way too. And that day I left his office changed. And I thought, well, I'm just going to start to to look at it differently and be grateful that it holds me up, that it's healed the way that it has and be grateful for the pain and what it has taught me that it has led me to purpose. And, um, every day I started to look at my scars cause I'm, you know, deformed and my leg is scarred from the hip down. And I used to, I used to just look at it with disgust and I started looking at it with love and looking at it as, wow, look at these scars. They're the victories I have overcome. And then suddenly I, I, the shame, I would just shine a light on that shame and it started to just vanish. Then I started to be actually proud of my leg that I made it through all these surgeries and I could stand up. And then I started to even be able to wear shorts again. And then people would look at me and say, wow, you've helped me know that I'm going to heal or I can be proud of my scars. And so, um, that doctor changed me so in so many ways, I started to be able to love myself again. And sometimes I think it's important when we're struggling. And, you know, I don't know if any of your listeners have ever felt this way about themselves or found it hard to love themselves or accept what they look like or where, where they are 
you know, where they're at in their journey. But sometimes we need somebody to love us until we can love ourselves or shift our perspective and let us see things a little bit differently. Such a beautiful thing that you just said. Sometimes we need people to love us until we can love ourselves. That's so beautiful. And what that doctor, yes, he truly did give you a gift. He, It's like he put on a new set of glasses for you where he was like, wait a second, let's look at this from a different way. Look at everything that you've come through. Look at your leg, you're functioning. Like, look what we've created. This is a masterpiece. And really the masterpiece that I feel like you said, the foundation, really truly the stepping stone to this beautiful mission and movement that you have created in the world and all of the people that you have given hope and inspiration to. And that that's, you know, let's, let's go there now. Let's go with all the beautiful things you are doing to turn that pain into purpose and shine a light on the world in a way that only you could have done with your experience. Tell us about everything, the podcast, the, the book, the, the mastermind, all the ways that you are, are now giving from that experience. Oh, well, you know, I, I had this big idea to write a book and I had a lot of people say, Oh yeah, good luck with that. First of all, you don't even own a computer. Um, you don't have a college education. And so I was like, but I think that I want to, this couldn't have happened for just no reason. Like I want to give others hope and inspiration and tools on how to tap into their own resilience. And so I started writing, I wrote probably 90% of my book in like a little binder and, um, then went out and bought a computer, typed it up, got a publisher. And I share that because if somebody like me can write a book that becomes a bestseller, then I think we all have a story. Every single person listening right now has a story, a lesson that they've learned that could help someone else through a struggle. And if you are listening and you want to write a book, I'm saying, go for it. This is your sign to write your book. And so that's what I'm most passionate about now is helping. I mean, I love men too, but I love empowering women. And so that's what this journey has led me on to not only help others who live with pain to turn that pain into purpose and find ways to get through the pain by, you know, shifting their mindset moving their body, which moves their mood and releases endorphins that combat pain. And I have my, you know, connection with my higher power, who is God, um, has been strengthened. And so I share all those things, but the question I got the most was, well, people that were, they're like, well, I want to be a speaker and share my story. And I want to write a book and I want to start a podcast and I'm like, well, let me show you and teach you the ways that I've done it. So you don't make the same mistakes because I made a lot of mistakes. I, um, and I think this is something you share a lot is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to start. And I know so many people who I'm an overcoming perfectionist where I'm like, oh, it's got to be just perfect. And that is one of the reasons that when I bought my computer, I kept, I tried to write my book, finish it on the, you know, laptop. And, um, it wasn't working for me because I was trying to make 
everything perfect and oops, I misspelled a word and oh, the, you know, it, it, that wasn't the right paragraph. And I was like, screw this. I need to just keep writing in my binder because it poured out of me differently. And so I think that, you know, if someone like me can, you know, have a podcast now when I didn't even own a computer five years ago, have a book, have this mastermind, like you can do it. It's so important though, to seek counsel and not opinion because people who aren't doing the things that you want to do, of course, they're going to say, Oh, you good luck doing a Ted talk or what you good luck doing. By the way, Amberly did, you did do a tech talk, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, (laughs) I'm was blown away. I thought when they asked me to do a Ted talk, I'd be like jumping up and down excited. And I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I'm seriously going to do a talk in front of 2,500 people at Ted Berkeley for their 10 year anniversary. I was the only one that did not have a PhD, by the way, and talk about imposter syndrome. I started freaking out like, oh my gosh, Uh, the curator, I got on a call with her and I said, Hey, you know, the the, um, my husband was looking at the website and, you know, I'm the only person that doesn't have a bunch of initials after my name, I was like, I'm not trying to promote my book, but is there any way that I could put like author coach behind my name instead of nothing? And she goes, are you feeling like intimidated about that? And I said, (laughs) well, yeah, I'm the only one that doesn't have a PhD. She goes, okay, stop right now. She goes, we have asked you to speak on our stage because you have a PhD in heart. Oh, oh my God. I love that. (laughs) And so once again, someone was able to help me shift my perspective. And so anytime I have that imposter syndrome, I think, wait a minute, I have a PhD in heart. We all have a PhD in heart. We can call on that. I love that, Amberly. Oh my God. And so that really helped me and it gave me the confidence But something I still do because I still can get in my head is I remind myself, get out of my head and stay in my heart. You know, we, there's always going to be somebody smarter. There's always going to be somebody more experienced. There's always going to be somebody that's more successful or has more money or more beautiful or whatever it is. Doesn't matter. We always need to go back to our truth and we can share from our experience our strength and our wisdom through what we've been through. And, you know, so anytime you start to get that imposter syndrome, I always think about, well, this isn't about me. This is about the people I serve. And this is about the, the why, my why. And so I always go back to why do I do this? What is that burning? You know, my burn, the thing that is just like this burning fire inside me is, I want my daughters to know and see that they can do anything that they set their heart out to do. And I do this because I don't want anybody to think that they're alone in their struggle or their pain, that there are ways to tap into your resilience. And so, you know, by shifting your perspective with gratitude, that's something I do every single day. Um, I think it's so important to have, like, I love the community that you have created, Melody. You have created such a beautiful community in the work that you do. And that is so important. 
I wouldn't be able to stay sober if I didn't have a community of sober sisters. Um, I have a community of women that I've put together called uh, legendary ladies and it's high level, successful entrepreneurs that we get together and we're like, dang it, you know, we need help with this or we're struggling with this and we help each other. I have a community of, um, you know, that I call my God squad and we text each other what we're grateful for every day. And then of course I have my own mastermind called unstoppable life mastermind for women who want to learn how to get on stages and write a book and do a podcast. And so, and I have a coach and a mentor and a, a sponsor. And so, and then I am a coach and then I do invest in other masterminds, you know? And so I think it's so important when I say seek counsel and not opinion, seek counsel from people who are going through, already gone through what you're going through, who have already written a book, who are doing like you have this successful podcast. Um, you have the successful community, like learn from people who have already done it. And it's so important to surround yourself with people with a similar mindset. Um, you know, yesterday I was doing this interview, um, and this guy wakes up at 2.40 every morning, 2.40 in the morning to work out, to do his morning ritual before his kids wake up at six. So I was like, that alarm went off this morning and we got a lot going on. We're in the middle of moving right now. So my office is the only thing that's not packed up. And my alarm went off and I was like, I am not hitting that snooze. I'm getting my butt off up. If, if he can get up at two 40, I can get up at five to go do my workout, to have my morning ritual before I spend time with my daughter and take her to school and then start my day. And so because I was hanging out with him, talking to him, that influenced me to not hit the snooze. But if I was hanging out with somebody that didn't work out, that didn't have big goals, that didn't have big dreams, and they're like laying around, sleeping in, then it would probably be easier for me just to hit snooze. So when I say it's important who we hang out with, like that goes for people on social media, in our real life. Um, So either in, in person or online, you know, I think it's important to go through And if there's people that you follow and it doesn't make you feel good, like bless them, then block them, you know, Um, because it's so important what we take in, what we're feeding our mind, not just what we're actually eating, but what are we feeding our mind, our heart, our spirit. And so those are some things that really help me is to, you know, look at who I'm hanging out with. That's why I'm hanging out with you. That's why I was like, I want her in my life. I love you. I love (laughs) you so much. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life and everything you say. It's so true. Like we are 95% subconscious mind, right? Only 5% of our brains are conscious. So why not make, you know, what, what are we listening to? Who are we hanging out with? Like, even you talk about being of influence, like the pages of a book, can be your person, right? Like if I'm reading Amber Lee's book, True Grit and Grace, this amazing book that everyone needs to get, please, so please, please. 
Um, that is of influence. Jim Rome says we are the sum of the five people that we hang out with the most. So it's like, who are your people? And no, they don't all have to be in real life. They can also be the podcast that's in your ear all day long, yeah. which Amberly also has an amazing podcast. It's also called True Grit and Grace. Is that right? Yeah. And you're going to be on my yes, show. So, so y'all will have to tune in I am so when excited. I get to interview you. I'm excited about that. No, it's going to be amazing. And every moment that I spend with you is amazing. And I feel like everyone just needs to get into your orbit. I mean, I watch Amberly on Instagram. And like you were saying that you were speaking to someone in the morning about getting up at two, two forty in the morning to do his workout. And like, I watch you doing your workouts and I'm like, okay, Amberly, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the gym this week. It's going to happen. I'm go-. like, but I love it. You show us your grit. You show us your grace. You show up every single day. And so you're one of my people, right? You're one of those people that I, I am completely inspired by and moved by. And your story is the gift that you have given to everyone who gets to be a part of your world in, in any way. And I'm just, mm. I'm just, I'm in love with you. I love you, Amber. Oh, I love you doing this incredible work that you're doing this heart centered work. And I love that you have a mastermind. I love that you're giving women the opportunity to get into that space with you, right? To like learn from your growth, from your mistakes, from your challenges. There's nothing better than than getting in a room with a woman who's already done it, who's a living example of all of it. Um, and, and there's a question I always start this podcast with, but like we went right into it. And so I'm going to end the podcast with this question because it's such an important question uh, for our community and for all women to really ask themselves, what would you say if you could to your eight-year-old self? What did she need to hear? Mm. Trust your gut. Mm. Beautiful. Trust your gut. Um, because it's interesting you said eight, because when I was eight years old is when the sexual abuse started with my stepfather. Mm. And um, when you are you know, sexually abused or betrayed by someone that you trust and they tell you, and you know, it's not right. And they tell you, no, this is right. This is how fathers teach their daughters. This is the right thing. But you know, your gut's saying it's wrong. It's wrong. This doesn't feel right. So it really led me to not trust my gut. And it took years of of healing, of therapy, of a lot of tears of, um, and actually writing about it in my book was cathartic. I had no idea. I thought, Oh, I've, I've healed that. I've dealt with that. And it's like layers upon layers of healing that we do. And it's taken a long time, but, uh, to trust my gut because your gut never lies. Your heart might tell you something, your head, my head tells me all kinds of crazy stuff. But when I listen to my gut and trust my gut, it doesn't, it's never steered me wrong, you know? Um, Made you astray. Yeah. And so I think that it's really important to, whether you call it your gut, your intuition, um, I wish that if I could do anything, go back and say, just trust yourself, trust yourself. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that so much because one of the, core messages in our curriculum. One of the workshops is called intuition and finding your voice. 
And we want to strengthen that intuitive muscle for our girls, right? As young as four and five years of age, when they feel that something is off, chances are it's because it is, right? And also trusting their gut when something lights them up or inspires them and Mm -hmm. brings them passion and moving in the direction of that. So like really being able to trust yourself in that way. And so I love that that was the advice that you had for your eight-year-old self. And I feel like we do get to kind of communicate with that inner child, right? Like I, I always say she's, she's walking with us. She's walking with us. And so every new person that we meet, every new experience that we have, every new piece of knowledge that we learn, she's also right there learning, relearning it really with us on learning fear, the shame and the doubt and relearning all of this new, more empowering information. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you so much. Thank you again for being here. Please let everybody know how can they be a part of your world? Tell us all the places that you hang out. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I just love you. I just want to hang out with you all day. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, let, let me give your listeners something that might help them. So I talk about how to be resilient I have created a playbook um, and it's called tap into your superpower resilience. And it will take you through a five parts guide of like really how, when times get tough, if you're feeling sad or tired or discouraged um, or just need to be like, what, what do I need to do? Why am I not feeling more resilient? Um, If you just text the word grit, G R I T to 818, 214-7378. That will give you a free download. And so just text that word grit and it'll give you the download. And then afterwards, if you want to say, Hey, Amberly, I heard you on Melody's podcast. I had a question or it's really me like, and it's so funny because I had somebody go, Oh, you're really messaging me back. And I'm like, yeah, it's me because I like to connect with people. And I know just like how lonely I was at one point. And when somebody reached out to me, like, I think we all want to see seen, heard and and understood. And so it means a lot to me, you know, when I get to connect with people. So you can text me if you want that uh, free download. And then you can find me at amberlylago.com, all my upcoming events, speaking events. Um, and then probably easiest, I hang out on Instagram at Amberly Lago Motivation the most. And that's where you can find my Unstoppable Life Mastermind as well. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Oh my God. Thank you for being here. I'm going to throw all of this into the show notes so that people can hang out with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Keep inspiring the world. If you love what you're hearing on the Empowering Her podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. And as a thank you, I would love to share a free audio with you called Claiming Your Enoughness Now. Simply share a screenshot of your review with me on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L, either in the DMs or in a story, and I will send the gift your way. Thank you so much for your listenership. I can't express how much it means to me.